I believe I can fly. I believe I could touch the sky. I know I want it every night and day. Spread my wings and fly away. I believe I can. (laughs) (laughs) Alex, thanks very much for opening up the show, man. Not a problem. I don't think anybody's done R. Kelly, man. I don't know, man. I really don't know how it came to. <laughs> well, is is he in prison? I don't know. I don't I, know if he's he's got some issues. I, I have no idea. That 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 was a little bit. Uh, you know, I I wasn't sure if I could do this song just for that reason. You did a great. I, no, it's a great track. I'll turn the lights on. It yeah. just sometimes it comes on and off and, and things yeah. like that. But uh, I I love that the guests are always coming up with a song and they come in and we just start the show and we just get right into it, man. Exactly. And I mean, I was going to do Start It From The Bottom, but you had uh, (laughs) Aria build already do it. And he just did it. I don't want people to think I'm copying them or something. So you're listening. You're listening, man. But uh, all right. We've got an interesting show. So you've got a business and it's called Seal It. Yep, that's correct. You've been in business like three or two. two, Three years. Three years. But then you've been actually doing that work uh, for about five years. Exactly. Yeah. So uh, basically, you know, we started it about five years ago. Let me I got to share the deets here, man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, So the company name is Seal It. Uh, You've been around for two years with that name, but you've been doing the business for five. Roughly. Yes. Okay. And then the website is www.sealitpropertyservices.com. And then on Instagram, it's Seal It For You. And it's the number four, not the word for. Exactly. Okay. Perfect. So, So. yeah, on that note, uh, if, 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 if people, some of you might wonder how we got that, that Instagram handle is we actually, pl- I plated one of our trucks. Uh, you know, we wanted to get that custom plate. We were always seal it, the brand seal it. We, I plated one of the trucks and this is like, what am I going to do? Am I going to do seal it 91, the year of my birth? Seal it. Let me think of something more catchy. Perfect. Seal it for you. And then so we plated the truck and then we did the Instagram after we plated the truck. Got so, it. Uh, and nobody had seal it for you? Nobody had seal it. For it was you. easy to get it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was. It was like we had to fill up those eight characters, and that was the easiest way. Um, and uh, yeah, so that's that's how that seal it for you name came came about. I had a good friend back in my film days. Uh, he had uh, Ramones. 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 He had the Ramones, right? Is nice. his plate, and every month or two, someone would steal it. Every time, man, because they saw an Ontario plate and it said Ramones on it, and he constantly was going back and getting a new one, getting a new one. People were yeah. stealing it all the time, right? Oh, yeah. It is a good plate. That's a great plate. Even Steal It For Years is a great plate, man. So yeah. be yeah. careful. <laughs> <laughs> Just something to get our brand recognized, right? But uh, the, the uh, Before you guys start, let yeah. me get... So I, I know that we've got the building book section, and so I just want to share with everybody the book uh, that I've read... I've read this twice now. It's actually a really good book. It's called The Success Principles by Jack Canfield. It's a heavy book. It's a thick book. I think it's like 600 pages. But this book is going to wake you up regarding your business, man. I'm telling you that right now. It's not, it's it's a fast read, man. Seriously, it's a fast read. It's a good book. I've made several notes on that book. Like I just figured out, I go, I go through it and there's just a bunch of nuggets throughout that whole book, man. So that's just a new I segment that we're trying. I want to start sharing all the books that I've read and other books that I'm considering. People are always reaching out to me and, and making suggestions. And so I appreciate all that. Knowledge is power. All right, Alex. So let's get in with it, man. Let's figure out your business here. You know, I, I had this vision for the company about five years ago, give or take, 2015. You know, funny thing, I actually finished a music degree, which is completely unrelated to the business. Yeah, no one would ever think, you know, a, a driveway sealer or, a, you know, a hardscaper doing, doing music. But, you know, Eastern European upbringing. So the parents wanted always that, that sort of life. And, uh, you know, and so I was, I was in school two years into a music degree. I didn't know what the hell I'm going to be doing. And 
I, I hated music, every part of it. I mean, I mean, I loved music in general, but I didn't want it to be what part of a career. What were you studying in, in music specifically? Uh, actually, uh, mu uh, so piano, piano oh. performance. Yeah, wow. so I was always, uh, you know, in my youth, I was always going in and out of music festivals and, you know, things like that. And, you know, I, I loved the music side of it, but making it a career was, was, was tricky. You know, I've always sort of been money-minded. I, I had this concept of, you know, had the business always in the back of my head type of thing, right? So... So, so halfway through uni, I, uh, you know, I was working through different landscape companies and driveway ceiling companies, uh, aeration companies. If, if you've ever heard of uh, Canadian property stars, they used to be spring masters. So those guys that go door to door, okay. knock doors, yep. and, you know, uh, with aerators and driveway yep. ceiling units. And yeah. uh, they're, they were all over. I don't know if they're still in business, but, you know, they've, they've got a bad rep, like worst places to work because they, they, you know, they send their guys out all day. 30 degrees, you know, it was it was rough. Like we, we would work for they're paying for nothing, I guess. For almost the guys. nothing, 10, 12 hours a day. By the time you get your commission, you know, you're basically making 100, 150 bucks a day. It's not worth it. You're hustling like you're crazy, right? Yeah. You know, got 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 my basic experience from there, and uh, and then and then you know, I decided to you know probably just try it out on my own, and I you know I didn't know what the uh, what the future holds, but I thought you know what maybe. Maybe I'll just try this out, but I thought as a backup, I'll, I'll become an electrician. Like I'll, I'll do some kind of trade, because the trades pay big money, and you know I was always sort of you know good with you know different jobs, and you know none of my family was ever in the trades, but you know I knew trades make money. How young so, are you, Alex? Uh, I'm 30. Okay. 30 years old. Yeah. All right. So, so basically, the last 10 years, you've been messing around with all this stuff, from the music to pretty much trying little things and then figuring out seal it, and pretty then much. did you already start to train for the electrician? No, to be honest with you, uh, the electrician was sort of always in the back of my mind, right? And then when I saw, like, you know, I, as I started, I started off just uh, basically I, I, I bought a van halfway through school, uh, like Pontiac, Montana van, got one aerator off Kijiji, one of those Husqvarna aerators. And I said, you know what? I've already got the selling experience door to door from working for all those different companies. Let me just go out there and, and, and see what, 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 what's in store, right? So I'd knock doors, you know, start to slowly get the business up. And, and you know, basically then a year later, 20, this was 2015, 2016, I opened up uh, like the lawn care company. So okay. Forever Green Lawn Care. So Sealit wasn't existent yet, but I had already had some, you know, driveway ceiling experience. I just thought, you know what, maybe, I, I don't know if I'm going to take this thing big. I still want to be maybe an electrician. It was just trying, trying it out, testing the waters, right? So I opened up Forever Green Lawn Care, mulching, softscape, that sort of thing, and all that kind of thing. Thing things were going well. Things were you're picking up, and you know, a year later, I decided to uh, to get a driveway ceiling unit because I had the experience with that. And you know, I said, okay, so let, let's try let's try this out. So then I'm thinking, okay, so now I have the lawn care and I have the ceiling. So so how am I going to merge these two together? I almost thought, well, let, let me keep two companies, but you know, but then well, what if I, I'm still going to go do that trade for electrician? So, you know, all in all, I just kind of said, you know what, let, let me keep the seal it name. Let's get rid of the Forever Green Lawn Care and just add property services to encom encompass that, you know, we do everything from cutting lawns, mulching, all these kinds of different things. Basically, your, your, your softscape yard care kind of company, but also driveway sealing, obviously, because that would be like the main thing, right? Pretty much that, that, that's how it started. Seal it, seal it property services. We, we registered 20, 2016 and we were offering everything from driveway sealing to eventually we, like a, a year later, actually funny, 2017 was uh, when I spotted one of your vans uh, in Mississauga, Aaron Mills and uh, Burnhamthorpe area. I just, yeah. I saw, I guess your transit or your, your sprinter My was sprinter. all like crazy decked out with like yeah. all decals. I'm like, that's super cool. And that was just, I think when I ended up Getting the Instagram page was twenty was it 20, 20, 2018 or twenty nineteen okay. somewhere around there, between twenty seventeen twenty and uh, super cool and then I you know then eventually you started your podcasting like around that time and started listening to that but 
yeah so around that time uh you know we kept we kept growing and trying to figure out okay well things were going good and then i put out the electrician was was gone out of the way i said you know what Things are going good. Let me grow the business. It's, you know, things were picking up. So really just tried to narrow down on, on some kind of niche service, right? So 2019, uh, we incorporated as Sealit Property Services, Inc. And, uh, you know, that, that was when things were very steady, starting to pick up. Uh, <laughs> right you before know, the madness. Right before the madness, exactly, yeah. which, which exploded things even more. I mean, you know, all of us in the trades, we know how crazy things are. The good and the bad, but yeah. obviously more good, I guess, than bad. If you want to, if you want to put it that way. But yeah, things just went well, and uh, you know, we're, we've we've grown up to a level where we're we're just trying to create that brand awareness, where you know, we we focused in on a niche set of services, providing you know mainly interlock paver restoration. So we want to be the go-to company to restore old interlock to new. So you know, when you get all those weeds and the pavers, yeah, and, yeah, you know, it's a regular maintenance, three to five years. Yeah, because I mean, you guys like you just assume that you do asphalt you know ceiling but you're actually doing a bunch more stuff like that you're you're doing the the stone ceiling you're doing well i guess you're tackling concrete and also paver ceiling exactly all kinds of ceiling but then exactly. you're also doing maintenance and repairs and all kinds and then you get into landscaping interlocking so you also get into the flagstone the softscape and the woodworking as well so you're tackling little projects or you're just since i'm here can you do this can you fix that is that the idea behind it good question yeah i mean like uh, getting heavy into the into the ceiling side of it sort of you know a few a few years back there um you know things things were going well and a lot a lot we started off doing repairs and mainly ceiling right and and then you know as as covid hit actually around 2020 there was just a big boom and a big demand for installing right like interlock and pavers and you know, driveways walkways patios things like that and we thought you know what like why, why are we going to sub the work when you know we could create a team for that and become basically a company that not only provides the maintenance side of the, the pavers and the installs but also the you know the installation so yeah. we wanted to provide that full out experience for our clients where you know if they want to for example restore their backyard they can also get us to install and remodernize their front. So th there was a big boom in that industry there, right? So we, we thought, let's take advantage of it. So a lot of people I know don't necessarily seal all their pavers. But I've always been, I mean, pavers are porous. I don't care how you look at it. They're porous and you want to seal them, right? Especially here in Canada. Well, that's a very good question. I mean, a lot, a lot of like you look at some pavers that are 20, 30 years old, right? They've never been sealed. There's not a single crack. They're still perfect, right? But obviously they've aged, they've weathered. They've weathered, yeah. Yeah, faded. like, you know, they've lost their color. But, you know, the technologies back in the day were a lot different with how they produced the pavers, right? So they were better. Normally, <laughs> <laughs> probably, right? I mean, I mean, you know, like, like so a, lo a lot of times, the mostly, you know, the sealing side of it is, is when we're trying to really restore that faded color. Let's say the pavers. 15, 20 years old, it's completely weathered with the with the with the UV rays and everything that's gone on it. We'll put on like a, like a film forming solvent based on there, and that'll just pop the color right away. And and a lot of people want that if they're going to be keeping their old pavers. Whereas you know with new pavers, with the technologies that come a long way, with the color that you know stays on there, a lot of pavers get sealed from factory. Like Unilock has one called uh, uh, Richcliffe, and and some of those uh, Umbriano, the higher end stuff, it's already pre-sealed and never has to be sealed. You know, the newer pavers, they, they don't necessarily require that color pop because they're already very smooth, clean, modern finish, right? So a lot of times we're just doing like a penetrating sealer on there just to, you know, waterproof it yeah. and basically just, just protect it against the elements and makes it easier to facilitate maintenance and things like that. And, you know, people want to protect their investment. That's the whole thing. You spend 50K, 100K on a reno, well, maintenance is key, right? So Well, it's kind of funny that I actually am a fan of the weathered look 
but I don't want. I know you. I know you're talking about like there's a there's a difference between a weathered look that's naturally aged and it gives it character. Yeah. And then there's a weathered look that's deteriorating the paver. Right. I'm not a fan of the deterioration part of it. I'm a fan of the weathered part of it. The so there's part. there's a there's a balancing act, and I've been noticing through the last few years. Unilock and all the companies, they've been going after that kind of weathered look, that aged look, so then it doesn't look pristine clean when it's all said and done. It's finished, right? So I like that. But then you still want to seal it because I'm mm-hmm. assuming, man, I, I go back to the harsh winters, man. We just have some nasty winters here. That's just it, right? That's just it. And I mean, it's 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 not always... The sealing of it is... like You, you brought up a, a great point about winters and, you know... Uh, Obviously, we know in our climate, I think I was listening to one of your podcasts too, you guys mentioned something about winters being the ultimate test for yeah. any install here, yeah. in, 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 or for anything, like anything from any kind of rental. And I guess it, what it really all boil, boils down to is is how was it installed? Was it installed on a, on a, on a good base? Was, was, was there, 100%. is it open graded? Is it, is it, you know, how many inches of grout? Was it compacted properly? I think that's more key than the ceiling. The ceiling's more just to facilitate maintenance and make it easier for the client to, you know, maybe, you know, they get a bird dropping or something that could stain it. It, it would not, it would be easily power washable yeah. rather than, oh, well now it's permanent. Now I got to replace the paver and call somebody to fix it all up. But yeah, I mean, I mean, it really all comes down to what kind of finish you're looking for when it comes to the ceiling, right? And we do a lot of just old paver restoration, which is basically blasting out sand, dirt, weeds from the stone, and then just completely putting in new polymeric sand and making it look brand new. Because a lot of times people don't want to, you know, install a brand new walkway or brand yep. new. They don't want to modernize, right? Yep. And and because they're, you know, they maybe they just want to flip the home quick, or they're going to be there for, you know, many more years. And they, you know, they they just and and like like you, maybe they're a fan of the, the that that weathered paper, yeah. that older style, which, you know, a lot of people don't like the modern look, right? And uh, they they just like that really cool cool old school the modern like it works for certain types homes where you have those larger pavers that are like 18 inch by 14 or whatever it is yeah exactly yeah it it looks like a sheet right and that's that works like the big ones alex am i fair to say that because you 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 work all over the gta right yeah so you're all over the place am i fair to say that there's certain trends in different areas of the city that people do like everybody's doing this kind of paver or everybody does asphalt this kind of area like is there I mean, yeah, I mean, I mean, definitely depends on like the demographic, the type of area you're in. Right. So obviously uh, I find when one one client does their driveway and then all of a sudden they choose a particular stone or whatever they want to do with it, then all of a sudden it kind of keeps chirping away at the neighbors. And then you'll see another neighbor do the exact same thing, but maybe a different color is that. That goes on in all the neighborhoods, right? Uh, pr- pretty much, yeah. I mean, like you'll 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 find you know certain areas will be all interlocked. There'll be no asphalt at all, right? And yeah. if it's if it's like you said, one style of interlock, then normally all the neighbors will have it. Like you know, there's parts of like, um, you know, Woodbridge and Vaughn. Some areas there, you know, with those bigger, bigger, nice homes, the three car garage homes, and you'll you'll if you see an asphalt driveway, like some something's wrong <laughs> with that person, right? <laughs> and and they're all gonna be those like old keystone pavers and. You know they're tip-top shape, and, and you you go to some of these these quotes. Uh, did just did one uh, recently, and you know they've had them for 30 years, and and not been repaired once, not re-leveled once, and you know all it needs is just the power wash or resand, and you know a, a sealer, and that's and, all and, and about the, whole, the, the entire neighborhood. Like, and exactly, and, that, yeah. and that's how they did it back in the day. They they did it. They did it right. You know, old school. You know, methods obviously, right? They they did it right. So that's got to be kind of daunting for all those guys that are laying that, and you go to those bigger homes and those bigger driveways that can fit a dozen cars on it 
yeah. and you're starting off that first paver and you're looking at the whole scope and you got to go, holy cow, and there's skids and skids and skids of pavers there that have to go down on the ground now. And I'm just like, oh. You mean like for, for lift and relay type yeah, of thing? Just, just for their installing, just oh, for like if yes. it's a new one. Oh, you so mean like, like yeah, you're seeing taking a massive driveway, yeah. a massive driveway, right? Where oh, you, exactly. You kind of yeah. think of like, okay. I, and I, I am a fan of those pavers. I yeah. like that. Like I, the circle I, designs I, and I, all not, those. Not so much funky. the circle design because now the circle design starts to scream, I, I need to put lions at the end of the driveway. And I'm not going to do that, even though I'm Portuguese, right? I won't do that. <laughs> it's just like there's certain things that you want to do. And it was funny that I think that I was, yeah, I was here with Larry. And we were talking about those old uh, European stones, right? The granite mm-hmm. stones and the, and the patterns like you see in Brazil and things like that. And I'd love to see those kinds of things. And I know that certain companies like Unilock and other companies like Permacon, whatever, they're working on things like that. Everybody's like, I remember Unilock having that classic S-shaped stone and that was it in three or four different colors back in the 80s and 90s. And it was so simple to choose. So simple to choose. And yeah. you want a pattern, you want a hairy bone? Well, it only goes one way. That's all it was, right? Just <laughs> exactly. what color do you want? And then do you want six by six PTs as your curb? And that's it, right? It was yeah. n- yeah. that was not... A, but today, it's everything. You can choose everything. So much choice. You're right. You're yeah. right. Which, you know, is good and bad, right? Because, you know, you, you could you could basically make any design you want, but at the same time, it, it makes it hard for us to sell a, a job. Like when we go... To sell a hardscape job, clients are so overwhelmed because they look in the catalog and there's a million of these different types of pavers, right? Modern, permeable, you know, different types of copings, you know, rock face, regular, uh, smooth, textured. Um, and like you said, but back in the day, it was just what color do you want, which is which is very interesting that you that you brought have that they, up. Have they smartened up with the permeables? Because uh, when I first saw the permeables maybe about four years ago, they were god-awful ugly. Like the grout, the yeah. joints were just way too big and I understand it. That's where they're permeable aspect of it came from yes but i just they were ugly stones man like absolutely ugly well that's stones. the thing that's the trade-off right like you you get something that's that's you know it's better for drainage but well it's at the, at the cost of the, the the aesthetic yeah which is interesting yeah. yeah and then you start explaining that to the women clients out there and then they're getting dressed <laughs> to go out and then they get their red oh, bottom my high heels stuck. Are gonna get exactly. stuck or whatever this and so that. you gotta you gotta and that that's even applicable to uh to those little stones like the granite stones that come oh, from exactly. brazil or south america exactly. or whatever but the difference is the women down there they know how to walk on that you go to europe <laughs> the women know how to walk on that that's the thing they just know how yeah. to walk on those cobble those true old history They're, it's in their blood it's, it's in, in their, their blood. they just know how to walk on it right but it. you, you put it, it here in canada and women here have no clue how to walk on it, it. Yeah. and they're cursing up a storm and they go <laughs> we got to change this driveway and get me asphalt no i know i know that's man. crazy that's I, crazy alex man. do you have like i'm curious because you, you you're basically touching a lot of aspects of the exterior yeah do you got a construction bone to pick you got anything that kind of like when you get to job sites or you see certain things i guess if you see a wavy driveway then you already know that they didn't do a good job you got to do a much bigger repair at that point. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I mean, you know, wavy driveways, we see it all the time. I've seen driveways that were installed two years ago, three years ago with those tire depressions. Really? Yeah. And when you you dig it up, how much of a base are there? Well, to be honest, those are jobs that I just, I don't take. Oh, you won't take because you know the headache behind it. That's just it, right? And I mean, I mean, you know, like for you to lift and relay, let's say a, a, a thousand square foot driveway, right? And you're trying to preserve each and every stone from getting scratched and read. That's all manpower. There's no machines yeah. involved. So you're yeah. going to be charging an arm and a leg. And you don't know, if the, the, you know, is the basin there four inches, six inches, 12? Do you have to dig deeper? And a lot of times clients don't see the value in, in redoing that. And, you know, especially with the depressions too, right? Like the tire depressions, which we see all the time, you know, oh, just, just fix the depressions, right? Because there's only depressions. But when you look at <laughs> it closely, 
you know, it's all about educating the client too. And so we let them know that it's, you know, just taking out the depressions isn't going to make this perfect no. because you still have everything that's wavy around it because everything moves, right? With freeze and thaw. And so those jobs get a little bit tricky. You know, the we, we typically like to stay away from lift and relays. It's how we started everything with the, with the hardscape. We got in with the, with the repairs and the lift and relays, but those get quite tricky and uh and and to be able to do those types of jobs is is you know costly and and a lot of times it's let's say the pavers are, are 15 20 years old better just come in there with a bobcat rip it all up dump it redig the base then trying to preserve each single stone put them on skids like you said before you know you, you you look at these driveways and yeah it's not a lot but when you actually put it on a skid you're looking at maybe 30 40 skids yeah. of these little things right so to do all that by hand not worth it and so we educate the client that you know what you're probably better off it's a better ROI on, on, on your project here if you just basically redo it all, modernize it, and you're, you're going to get a, a bigger return on investment. But the last thing that the clients are thinking is a big ticket item where they have to do the whole thing. They are thinking, oh, I, this can't cost that much. Because, I mean, anybody that I've spoken to, when they start talking to me about actually doing a new drive in stone or some sort, if it's a double-car drive, you're looking at about twenty five, thirty five thousand dollars $35,000. So you start Easily. telling that to a client, they're like, oh, we were actually thinking it's probably going to cost about 1500 bucks to fix and repair, and that's it. Not exactly. Not right? exactly, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Plus the, the removal. So, I mean, if you just remove and try to repair, the odds of you coming across a stone that's broken, and then what are you supposed to do with it? Do you have any extra stones here? No, we well, just moved in last year. So well, we don't have it. any. Yeah, so now we've got to think piece. of, well, are we going to be redesigning half the driveway, you know, and yeah. that kind of thing. And, 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 you know, a lot of people, old school people, right, that have those driveways, you know, for example, uh, you know, a driveway that's 30, 20, 30 years old, right? And they think it's, it's 1500 bucks. Maybe maybe back in the day, that's what it would have cost. <laughs> and, you know, that's, that's, it's all relative to the day and the age that yeah, we're in, exactly. right? So a lot of people don't see the value. And so a lot of it is just understanding the client, making sure, you know, we're, we're, we're taking the jobs that are they're fitting our, our, our portfolio the best. And, and that's what we do. So we, we love to do more hardscape installs. Like uh, we're getting now into, into more serious jobs like driveways, walkways. Uh, we actually bought our first uh, Bobcat last year. So that was exciting. So how many guys you got work? Like, is it all subs or are they employees or? So, yeah, th this year we're slated to have uh, basically three crews going. We're going to be going with the two ceiling crews, basically two guys each. Normally, uh, you know, one of them will, will power wash and then they'll go in as a, as a duo duo group uh, to do the sanding and, and the ceiling part of the, of, the, of the ceiling, all the stuff. And then we have the hardscape crew, which uh, we're, we're, we're going to be running that. So basically three crews, roughly a team of about eight, eight to nine guys. Wow. So okay. Yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's that's what we're focusing on for this year. So I got I got a bunch of questions about the process because I want you to walk the listeners about the whole process without divulging your secrets that you basically have built your business off of. Uh, but before we get into that, I just want to share a little bit of history. Mm -hmm. Can I ask you, Alex, maybe you know these things. I'm, I, like, trust me, I never know. I just look it up. That's all I do. When was asphalt discovered? <laughs> goes way back. It way goes back. way back. I'll, I'll, I'll assume 1800s. 1824. 1824 wow. was the first modern asphalt road. Uh, large blocks of natural asphalt rock were used to pave the Champs-Élysées in Paris. That huge where the the ending of the the Tour de France happens, right? Where the Arc de Triomphe is at the end of it. And that was basically cool. the the very first time it was. And it then they first discovered asphalt deposits in 1712 in the jura mountains of switzerland wow i didn't know wow. about that who invented asphalt like the actual process of it 
<laughs> some 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 guy that was writing in Tour de France. <laughs> oh, yeah, a Frenchman. So a, French. Belgi- a Belgian chemist, Edmund J. Desmonte, laid the first true asphalt pavement, and he actually did it in uh, U.S. Newark, New Jersey. Uh, and he also paved uh, the Pennsylvania Avenue in Washington, D.C., using 54,000 square yards of sheet asphalt from Trinidad Lake. Wow. So, I mean, there's a lot of history with asphalt. Now, what are the three types of asphalts out there? Well, I mean, obviously, you got, you got your road grade, residential grade, so more sandy mix. So, you know, we call it HL3 is going to be kind of your, your standard, more gravel kind of aggregate, but... I'll let you take it away. Well, the, I, I, I'm familiar with what you just expressed. I'm not familiar with what's being expressed here from, you know, Google Dictionary. The three main types of asphalt are hot, hot asphalt, oh, okay. MC cold mix, okay. and UPM. What's I don't UPM? Even know, I don't know what UPM is. It just there are also three var- varieties of three these asphalts for summer and winter use. So, so like an ex- kind of like concrete, you have your accelerated yeah. mix. And yeah, and then cool. uh, what country? has the most asphalt, and they export it. Export it. I will give you a hint. Canada is number two. U.S. The U.S. So uh, top exporters of asphalt were the U.S. at $6.4 billion worth of asphalt. Sorry, Canada was number three. Italy is number two. $5.5 billion worth. Canada is $3.35 billion. Germany is two point eight. Belgium is two point eight. And then the top importers of asphalt, Canada's number one. Why are we exporting and then importing? I don't get this. Trudeau must have something to do with that. Uh, so, yeah, we're importing $4.5 billion worth of asphalt. United States is importing 3.98. Germany is doing 2.16. Netherlands is doing 1.87. And the United Kingdom is doing 1.64. Super cool stuff. There's a lot of business in asphalt, man. But I am familiar with what you just said about the larger aggregate and, and the yeah, tiny. So, like, I mean, basically, our, our roadways are all the larger ones. And they yeah. they put as much garbage in the, that as possible just to, as filler, right? And yeah. I've even heard about the glasses in there. They put recycled glass in there, chunks of it. No way. That, that's what I... Because if you actually, on a summer day, you're driving and you look at the highway, like, especially shiny. if it's new one, there's all this shininess to it, right? And that's just the broken glass. But I know that in residential driveway... It's such a finer mix, right? Finer, finer, exactly, which is what a lot of people want, right? Like if we're doing a reno for a front, a front driveway and, oh, well, I want, I want that smooth finish that, that, you know, that not the one that looks coarse. Because if you look at older driveways, you know, it's, like always 20, coarse. it's the coarse one. And then, yeah. and then those are the driveways that haven't been sealed once and there's not a single crack, right? But then you have these ones that are all, you know, there's more sand content in them. There's less gravel. And what's happening is two, three, four years down the road, you start getting cracks because they're not as susceptible to, to the freeze and thaw. And but you again, should always seal everything. Like, that's the thing about it. Like, people need to understand that you need to protect it. Very true. Very true. I mean, I mean, the asphalt sealer that we use is, uh, is actually, uh, it's, not, it's not like, you know, big box Home Depot crap. Like, yeah. it's, 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 it's commercial grade, basically patrol. And this show is brought to you by Home Depot. Home yeah. Depot, as usual. <laughs> <laughs> Beautiful. Um, yeah. No, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's basically a commercial grade sealer. They call, they call it Black Max. So, it's, uh, it's a petroleum product um, that basically restores all the flexibility back into the asphalt and gives it that that basically flexibility so that it could withstand movement from freeze and thaw right so if you kind of look at it as the chewy cookie and hard cookie example you know when you're when your asphalt's fresh just been laid it's black and nice and you know got all the tar and oil in it if you were to take a chunk of that basically feel it it would be like a chewy cookie okay after a few years when the oil dissipates it becomes a hard cookie when it looks gray so by putting all that that oil back in and that sealer back in, 
you're giving it that flexibility so that it can continue moving and withstanding cracks. So it's a very good product. Everyone loves it. You know, we get a lot of repeat clients on it. And so uh, all the DIYer stuff. Is it garbage. still is, is it petroleum based or is it just a watered You're gonna down? You're going to have uh, water based acrylic, latex. Water based acrylic. That uh, to just, me that uh, makes no sense. No sense. It's just paint, right? It's paint. It's okay. basically it's it's just an aesthetic. So okay. you know a lot of DIYers are just well, okay, I have nothing else to do. Let me go grab a couple of these jugs and and they'll roll them on. And the thicker the better. That's what they think. So they put three four coats. Two years down the road, their driveways like you know like a spider web cracks all over because. Think about the UV rays, the oxidization. That it's, it's not you're you're making your driveway more dry, more susceptible to damage, right? And you know, and that's the, that's the thing. A lot a lot of people think that well, I'll just go to Home Depot and do myself, but it's you get what you pay for. This principle is yeah. Perfect because the thing example. is, and, and I mean, do you want to share what, you, what like what do you charge to do a drive if you're doing a single or a car or a double? Basically, a double car, like a four car, six hundred square feet. We're at about two hundred dollars. Okay. Two hundred dollars, and if if you get us some neighbors on your street, then you know we can bring down the price by twenty percent. Usually, you know we'll do like a multi-neighbor discount. So, for example, if you reach out and you say, hey, you know we got you know two three neighbors on down, uh, you know for lined up, we'll we'll give you basically like one seventy, one eighty. So there's yeah. incentive there, right? And then the whole street looks good. The curb appeal looks good, and and people want that in neighborhoods. They want they want good good looking neighborhoods right so. so what's the product that you're using for the pavers like that's more of a transparent or a penetrating sealer that you're using exactly same truck are you setting up the truck so then you have the asphalt you have the other one or is it a different truck or very good question this, this last year we had basically the the one crew doing it and it was like a pickup truck with uh with the, the power washer and everything to do with the ceiling was in the truck and then the trailer the closed trailer had the asphalt stuff right okay a lot of times you know maneuverability tight streets so we we decided to convert everything into vans this year so we're gonna Smart. be doing yeah yeah so i mean no brainer um even though you can't get them right now like uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, i don't yeah, know I, unless you know a guy that knows a guy that knows a guy man <laughs> pretty like, much, it's pretty bad much. it's bad it's, out it's there. really bad like like you can know. you get trucks are there any uh, issues same thing same, same thing everything is six to eight months wait i right? haven't even looked into the trucks i just know that i i'm almost at a year now waiting for a new van it's crazy it's i just crazy. I, I occasionally have a conversation with him all the time i'm like how are we looking not good is all not i good. get not good not yeah. good well, I mean, you know, I'm tempted uh, to like hijack a UPS truck or something <laughs> like that. Right? I'm like, saying like, I'm just like, this is insane. It's insane. It's insane. And I mean, I mean, like they were supposed to get better with the, with the whole chip problem last year. But then obviously with this whole demand, it's the demand, right? Like it's, it's, it's just weird, Alex. I mean, yeah, I, yeah. I, I picture China just like bathing in a, in a, a like a, a vat of all these chips and just laughing their asses off where they all want these, but we're yeah. not going to give them. We have them. We won't give them, and that's it. And then we're just killing the market here. And and I, I just know that's that so interesting. everybody that has a van right now has actually received a phone call from a sales rep saying, "Listen, are you interested in selling your van? Because yeah. you'll you'll be able to sell it for more than you bought. More than it. you bought it. Like <laughs> positive equity. Yeah, yeah. When was that? When have you ever heard? Like I've never heard of that it's in any crazy. kind of like it's insane right now. With like with anything, right? Like but you can't sell your van because you still you need, need a van to run your business. So how can 100%. you? But everybody's asking for vans. It's crazy, right? And I guess I guess this whole pandemic and everything, especially for anybody really, but you know, contractors and people who like yourself and 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 you know anyone that's in the business, having to deal with with shortages of materials. It's it's like. And, and tools and things like that, you, you really learn to be patient. Yeah. Because and you just have no other choice. Like, what are you gonna do, right? Like, you, you, so going back, basically now we're 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 kind of like, do we wait six months? Do we, do we just get a used one, or, or what are we gonna do, right? But so the used we ones is such a risk. And plus, 
I know of a couple of guys that got used ones and they're not doing well and they kept on going back to, to get more repairs done on them. And then it's just a matter of, okay, they're Band-Aid vans is what they on. Exactly, because they were work vans before you, right? Yeah. So you don't know where the guys overloading them, were, yeah. they, were they maintaining them, were they doing the regular oil? You know, it's we're, we're, we're basically seeing if, you know, maybe we can make do with one for now and then we'll order a new one and wait. But yeah. basically converting everything to the vans and... Uh, and, and having basically one setup in, in, in one of the vans would be asphalt, and one setup will be everything to do with the paver. The pavers. So basically power washing, um, sanding, re- sealing, repairing. You know, We want to make it easy for our crew. That way it's, it's just systematized. Everything is, is productive. Obviously covered and shielded from weather yeah. and things like that. And it looks neater too. Neater. And then right? you have a running billboard too, yes, right? So it's exactly. good for your branding and things like that. So the sealer for the pavers... Is it also solvent-based as well? Good question. Um, so the sol- solvent-based is is more so when we're dealing with those older pavers. So solvent-based, um, you know, the, the sealer market is is it can get quite confusing because you can have like solvent-based penetrating, solvent-based film forming, right? And then you yeah. have the, the same thing in water-based. So it's like well, where I'm do familiar I go? with it with tiling. Like like when we have yeah. to deal with natural stones, we're constantly having to seal it. Oh, yeah. And it's just a matter of what kind of sealers do we use, but you have to look at the manufacturer specs and figure out. Exactly. Plus, you have to test it too because oh, yeah, when that's it, it, it may change it to a color that the client may not be happy with. Are you? I guess you got to provide Very that as important. well. Very important. Always. Yeah. yeah, always. I mean, especially on the, on the on the bigger jobs, but really any job, right? And uh, if especially natural stone, like natural stone... Normally, you're, you're only going to be wanting to use a penetrating because natural stone is dense, right? So it's going to need that moisture to escape. Always, yeah, test sample is, is 100% required because we want to get their approval. So if anything goes wrong, well, different types of sealers. I mean, yeah, so it'll depend on the application, right? Like if, if we're really restoring color, then solvent-based is what we use because that's what gives it that pop because it's got the heavier acrylics. Now, everyone's sort of switching to the trend of basically doing it with the penetrating water-based. And that's just, as we talked before, to... But it doesn't Waterproof last. It. Will it last, or will it? Well, yeah, for sure. So it, it it lasts it lasts at least like two seasons, right? Okay. Like a solvent based will last three to five. You know, it'll give you that sort of artificial sort of color enhanced look, which which on the modern pavers you won't need that. It's already it, it might look make make them worse, right? So okay. they're just like we want to protect. So yeah, you're you're right that it, it won't last as long as the solvent based, but you know you'll you'll get two years out of it. Give you or already take. given the clients a heads up that listen, this is. An ongoing thing, if you want to. And the thing is, you it should be an ongoing thing. Exactly. You should exactly. be aware of your shingles on your house. You should be aware of all your windows. You should be aware of the brick. Yeah. You know, yeah. like you should be aware of your garage, your doors, everything like that. It, it's just, it's a maintenance thing. So, it's a maintenance thing. Plus, right. you got vehicles driving on this, and mm-hmm. you got mm-hmm. salt, or you've got shoveling, you've yep. got bad weather. So it's like it takes a beating. Hundred percent. So you should 100%. be aware of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it, and that's the thing, right? Like. It, Every two years, every three years, if you maintain those pavers, not only will they last, but they're going to look good. Your curb appeal will be up, and 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 your property value will be up. And so yeah. it's like it's like anything, right? Like you you do your due diligence and maintenance. You change the oil in your car. You, uh, you know, you take care of yourself. You take care of your health. So take care of your investment, right? So that's what we're basically trying to uh, promote. Is you know you spend thousands of dollars on 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 your new hardscape uh, landscape, maintain it, and and. You know, it's all about too using quality products, yeah. right? Because there's so many products on the market, and we've tested, you know, just about everything in terms of sealers, polymeric sands. You get what you pay for, 
right? Uh, so so some, who's got who's got the nice polymeric sands right these days? So polymeric sand, I've I've got a shout out. Uh, Technus Seal was our our, our, okay. our one of the top ones, and yeah, for sealers as well, yeah. they're they're pretty they're pretty damn good. Um, so it's got a strong. I remember it being having a very very strong order. Order, yeah, pretty strong, yeah. pretty strong, definitely. Yeah. Um, anything good is is yep. gonna is gonna be is gonna be like that, right? And so that that's what the solvent based and and water based usually will, will not have an odor. So that's no. another upside to to you know if there's people with dogs and and you know with some kind of uh, underlying health conditions they they can't take that that yeah. that smell. So we'll offer them the other one. So technoseal has been great. Um, we actually uh, started as well uh, with Dyna this year. I don't know if you've heard of Dyna. No. They actually supply a lot of uh, mortar and tiling products like okay. adhesives and mortars and grouts and uh, polymers and things like that i would highly recommend them um, okay. they're, they're new they're they're local they're based out of here in the in the gta ontario okay. uh i know you're a big fan of mapay i guess right for grouts yeah, and things but like i that. don't even know what kind of sealers but i guess they might have a sealer i just don't know it yeah yeah no but, but they like they so so we we tried them out for the first time uh, they just came on the scene a few years back and they for exterior application sealers oh everything like really? yeah so they'll have like your your water-based penetrating um uh you know solvent based uh all, all your grouts mortars thin set mortars regular mortars everything whatever you need they've got it for interior exterior it's funny that when you talk sealers and i speak to any tile installer or even just concrete or exterior people mm -hmm. i'll always go to petroleum i'll always go to that solvent based product over a water-based product i get that we want to save the planet but the thing is that you want to protect what's going on here you want to protect it yeah. and and i mean like uh, you want to save the planet don't build it's just bottom line that's, that's, that's how i look at it but I just find that those products are far superior than the water-based products. That's just me. Depends. I mean, yeah, it depends exactly. And that's a good point you made, right? It, it really depends, I think, on the application and uh, what look you're trying to achieve. Yeah. Right? And really what brand you're choosing, right? Like like we use, uh, Di Dinah's got one called the PW1. We used it on many applications last year. and Good results. Right, very good response. Right after the, the the first rain, you see all the water beating up, is, and then and that, so you know that sealer is working is well. Is it slippery? Or? No, and that's the upside of okay. the penetratings is that they don't get slippery. The solvent based, you know, especially if your drive was on an incline, you know, you can add shark grip or any any one of those types of sealers or uh, additives in there to make it non-slip, but it won't always do you know the be the best job. So uh, again, if you have people that are you know, with specific needs and, and then, you know, with maybe dis disabilities or wheelchairs or the high heels, you know, from yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? from uh, Europe or whatever, uh, they, 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 they want it to be uh, safe. So, uh, but I get your point is that, that, you know, the solvent base might, might give you a little bit more of a, maybe a, a, a stronger, durable pr finish product type of thing. Again, all comes down to customer needs and expectations, right? Yeah. So we we do a lot of solvent based as well. Dyna's got one called the HB2, which is you know comes in high gloss, low gloss. Just depends on the application. Um, for natural stone, we we started using a, a Dyna product, but they don't actually have one that enhances color. And a lot of times people will want that one, but we use Kimball. I'm sure you've yeah, heard of Kimball out them, of Woodbridge. Yeah. Uh, they've got a, a a penetrating solvent based. That uh, is is superior, expensive, but again, you get what you pay for. And One of the best stones to ever seal. Yeah. Just for like the satisfaction of being in this industry. Yeah. Just just to experience it going from its raw natural state to a penetrating sealed property, 
Aramosa Stone. Aramosa. I like. I love. Like when you enhance Aramosa Stone, the veining of it and the pattern of it, it just comes out beautifully. Remind me, that's limestone, sandstone. No, it's a, it's it's, a, it's out of Owen Sound, I think. It's okay. it's it's got a, like a really unique grain pattern to it. I've done a few projects like front steps with it. And then, um, I mean, we, we did it where we waterproofed the base concrete first, and then we actually installed it, and then we sealed it. And so it was cool. just like when we sealed it, it was insane. It was yeah. absolutely insane. The so way it right away, like, you could see your the veins, yeah. everything popped. And then the thing is, when it's dry, you yeah. don't see any of it. It just looks like regular stone. It looks like almost a very gray, like grayish. Just dull. Dull. And, dull. And very dull. Plain, yeah. boring kind of But then the moment you add the sealer on it, it it just pops. It, it just pops. pops. Like yeah. the, the yeah. color comes out, it gets darker. They they've been trying to use it for interior tile applications then like that you because you can cut it down to like a half inch, but most of the time you see it as coping stones or steps or you see exactly. it as yeah, yeah, yeah. flagstone, yeah. you can do random squares or whatever. And that's what that's I think it looks beautiful because you, you can take a flagstone, you yeah. can take all kinds of other stones. They don't react the same way when you use a sealer on Aramosa stone. That's the thing. That's just my opinion. I've seen it, right? Interesting. But, but there's a lot of like I've done flagstone, and then I've done all kinds of other flagstones. Stones. Are yeah, they, they like any kind of limestone. Yeah, uh, definitely pops as well. I, I I agree with you there. The natural stone sealer applications definitely give you a lot of that that enhancement. Yeah. And actually, I'm I'm thinking back now. I just remembered that I said before that Dyna doesn't have a penetrating or enhancing pe- uh, an enhancer for natural stone, but I just remembered because we only started using them recently. They've got one that's superior. We actually used them for a few projects last year. It's called the Terra Seal 4300. Okay. So that's going to be your your solvent-based penetrator. It Who might even be an Dyna? impregnator. Uh, Dyna. No, but where did, so distribution Oh, where wise. would you buy it? Oh, yeah. okay. Well, here's my chance to actually shout out uh, one of the, uh, the, the newest up-and-coming super cool suppliers we started dealing with uh simon from pro drop i don't know if you've heard of pro drop i highly recommend anybody here listening to give them a follow but basically these apps that will give you on the fly kind of on-demand delivery so they're not are they a delivery service or they're a distribution service both so so you'll be so basically as opposed to going to your average brick and mortar and having to spend time yeah to go and get a sealer or a polymeric sand or everything from gravel to pavers to so pro drop underscore ink yes that's the one give them a follow check them out okay there super go. cool guys uh, yeah so basically uh they've been our main supplier for dyna we've been getting dyna through them all the polymeric sand products all the adhesives everything like that and uh yeah so so their whole thing is their slogan is you click it we bring it got it um you know their whole thing is minimizing any kind of downtime on your job site so for example you know, you're doing a job and you estimated you need five gallons for that thousand square feet. You ran out. Okay, well, instead of running and, and getting that and spending an hour and getting an employee on the road with all that liability and risk, order it. Within two hours, it's at your site. What are they charging you for that? Standard delivery. They, they have the different levels, multi-tiers of deliveries. You're going to have 70, 70 bucks uh, for your standard express, right? And then you're going to have like, you know, rush and all those. But I believe right now they're all at like a very competitive rate. But, you know, when you think about it, like, what's your hour as a contractor worth, right? Like, no, no, totally. Right? So I see that they're in Mississauga, right? Yeah, they're based out of Mississauga. So can you go to them? They don't have a brick and mortar. They don't have a brick and mortar. Oh, really? Yeah. They don't have it. They're they're fully kind of remote based, and uh, they cater to you. Okay. So their whole goal is, 
at your demand, at your service type of thing. So saving you downtime. And we, we've used them for everything from gravel to polymeric sand, sealers, oh, they even can, So they're basically building materials. Building materials, even concrete, uh, grouts, uh, everything to do with tiling, construction, indoor guys. Um, they're catering to that as well. And uh, they actually opened during COVID, right? Because they saw that boom there. And Simon uh, was actually in the construction industry for pretty much his whole life. And he was building custom homes and everything like that. And then he decided to get out of that and start a supply business because, you know, he saw the boom there. And I think it's revolutionized even for us the way we do business and how we're able to save time and, and productivity and and everything like that. So uh, I highly recommend anybody to to that that's, you know, contractor looking to save time and money on your job site, give them a follow. All right, Alex, where do you want to go from here, man? Anywhere, anywhere. I mean, I'm. Uh, we talked sealers, we talked polymeric sands, we talked w- what's the importance of sealing good products. I guess you tell a, me. it's a seasonal thing because in the wintertime, because we, were, we scheduled this podcast, but then you, obviously we had the snow. But so you're also plowing in the winter months, right? Yes. Okay. S- sadly. <laughs> I, know. I, I, I don't like to be too negative, especially on shows and stuff. But, you know, uh, yeah. So, so, you know, because like you said, it's seasonal and things like that. But so we had been two plowing. healthy snowstorms already. Yeah. I and would say the healthiest of, of a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah like we, haven't, we haven't seen that kind of snow in Toronto in a while. I think ever, but it yeah. was, yeah, it was two healthy snowfalls. And then, uh, I mean, we're, we're coming into the middle of February. So we still have another oh, six yeah. to eight weeks of six winter. Six to eight weeks. Yeah. Uh, so we might still get another one or another two or whatever. But yeah, it's seasonal. You got to wait until a certain temperature before you can get out there and start applying what you got to apply. Exactly. What like Wyrton Willie said in early spring, but I never trust that guy, right? No, of course. I mean, it's a rodent, right? <laughs> uh, but I mean, like, I don't, I don't understand that. But yeah, so you, you got to do the. That's how you saw it. You like take the chance and do the plowing in the winter months. Basically, because we were that lawn care company to begin with, right? And uh, we had those initial lawn care customers. And we basically, once we branched out and became a full-out sealing company and a hardscape company, we converted those lawn care customers that we got rid of into snow removal customers. So at least we try to keep, keep our you know, our employees busy throughout the, 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 the winter months and things like that. But And it's been going good, right? But uh, we're actually, you know, with, with the future, we're looking to to start getting into more possibly either interior rentals now that we're getting into the hardscape a lot of a lot of people you know probably be asking for demos and um you know things like that uh tiling and and anything to do with even like indoor you could seal marble you could seal granite countertops you could seal uh tiles right um so probably definitely as we rebrand we're going to be rebranding this year you know in terms of changing the name to, to you know encompass more more of that niche we're, we're going to definitely be looking at, at those avenues in terms of converting to a full year-round business. I don't even business. think you need to change the name because seal it kind of encompasses all of that and it, it reminds me of like I don't know if you follow Vanguard Cocking. Yes I do yeah, yeah so awesome. I mean like I, I use him whenever I possibly can he's a busy guy great guy nice guy does amazing work it's just like He's an artist when it comes to that. Yep. But I also noticed that he started branching off and doing interior caulking. And it, it actually made a lot of sense because a lot of tile guys don't know how to do good caulking with their tiling jobs or backsplashes or whatever. He comes in. He's a professional guy that knows how to handle caulking. Yep. So he'll come in and he'll do that fine-tuned little. So it's no different that if you need to see all the stone, maybe the tile guy doesn't want to do it. And then you can come in and you can take care of it. And then... It, it's done because you're familiar with all the ceiling of it, right? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. It's about being a full service kind of company where you can cater all year round to your clients. And, you know, the, the ones that you, you do, you know, their paver ceiling in the summer for, they're all going to have indoor tile. They're going to have, 
you know, indoor countertops that, you know, might have a little crack or they might need a little polish or whatever. Especially so if you go up to Woodbridge there, you walk into those homes, it's going to be like Italy, man. Italy, exactly. That's just how it is. Everything in marble, everything in natural <laughs> stone, not a single piece of wood in there, right? No, and the lions are on the inside. I mean, <laughs> I want to ask you, Alex, you. So you also do lawn maintenance. What's the secret to a beautiful lawn, man? No, we don't. We don't do Oh, lawn you don't do No, it. no, we don't. We okay. completely got out of that. That we uh, don't oh, do. so you don't do it anymore. We don't do that anymore. Oh, no. I'm, okay, I didn't realize that. What I was saying was we converted the lawn mowing customers into the snow. Got it. And we were. We were in the beginning, but then we completely got out of that. Okay, never mind that question then. I thought no you worries. were doing it. No worries. Because I'm always I would never go back to it, to be honest with you. Why? I mean, it's, it's a very cutthroat kind of industry because you got a lot of Tom, Dick, and Harry's who are just buying, you know, old pickup trucks. You know, your retired guys who are just doing it for the side money. And then you got your kids out of high school. Yep. So, you know, the industry is very saturated with a lot of these different kind of people where you, you give a price and, you know, the other guy's doing it for 20 bucks. Why am I going to pay you 35? So It's just cutthroat, huh? Cutthroat. And, uh, you know, like there was no, you know, kind of... In the beginning, we needed to do it to get our foot in the door and get the first initial clientele. But there was not really any um, incentive. There wasn't any passion. There wasn't any, you know, wake up and feel good about what you do type of thing in that, in that side of it. So, so very grateful that we were able to find that niche and cater and keep that sealant name thriving to be able to, you know, grow that side of the business. Yeah. I got OBC. We're going to do a little bit of OBC talk. So Alex from Sealit www.sealitpropertyservices.com and on Instagram is sealit4u, the number four and the letter U. OBC talk. Alex, you ready for this? Let's do it. What do we got here today? Uh, Ontario Building Code Exterior Concrete Stairs. Okay. Article 9.8.9.2. Whatever. Exterior concrete stairs with more than two risers and two treads shall be supported on what say that again over two stairs so exterior concrete stairs with more than two risers and two treads shall be a supported on unit okay so i believe there's there should be a cantilever it, there should well, be a foundation as well so either you're going to have obviously your, your foundation going out of the cross so, line so the building code is actually saying that you can support it on masonry or concrete walls or piers Oh, okay. Not less than 150 millimeter in cross section or, you're right, cantilever from the main foundation wall. There you so go. So you can support it from that. Mm-hmm. Number two of that same code, stairs described in sentence one, when cantilevered from the foundation wall, shall be constructed and installed in conformance with subsection 9.8.10. I have no idea what that is. The depth below gray, ground level for foundations for exterior steps shall conform to the requirements in section 9.12. Again, I don't know what that is. But basically, you can support it with either a foundation or you can cantilever it or you can support it on masonry units or on concrete. Awesome. Building right is important. Oh, of building course. Right 100%. Uh, Ontario Building Code slab construction. The slab shall be reinforced with minimum what bars of uh, rebar? It's actually surprising by that because I've never seen any concrete guy I've ever worked with use that thin of a rebar. 10 mil. 10 mil. That's thin, man. That's like half it. Not even. That's less than half. Space no more than 200 mils on on center in each direction with 30 mil clear cover from the bottom of the slab to the first layer of the bars. And the second layer of the bars laid directly on top of the lower layer in the opposite direction. Everyone get that? I didn't get that. (laughs) 
<laughs> Doesn't matter. I, I blanked so out there for a second. Do you need footings or for slab grade? Do you need footings for a slab grade? Concrete slab grade. You tell me. Concrete slab on grade floors are generally designed to have sufficient strength to support floor loads without reinforcing when poured on undisturbed or compacted soil, i.e. garage slabs, shed slabs. But mm -hmm. now that we're building into laneway building and laneway houses and houses and structures, they're now you know doing more checking, and you might have to put concrete piers or something like that. Concrete slabs on grades are designed for to have sufficient strength to support floor loads without reinforcing when poured or undisturbed, undisturbed compacted soil. Concrete slab spreads footings must provide support beneath foundation walls and columns. So basically, you're doing a raft slab. So the perimeter of the slab gets thicker and that's what kind of creates a footing so to speak around the perimeter where the walls are super cool that was obc talk which is always fun to talk about because we love them it's great <laughs> <laughs> no it's funny it's funny you mentioned uh, ontario building code because you know as a ceiling company hardscape company just getting into hardscape you know we we never thought that we would run into any obc issues but i thought i'd share this story because you know a lot of people listening might i'm thinking find runoff runoff oh water runoff yeah water runoff no actually nothing to do with that but obviously that's that's super important too right like and and, and a lot of people don't really care but you know you got your standard quarter inch per foot you know yeah. away from the house stuff this was completely unrelated to that um you know and and we didn't think as as a ceiling and hardscape company that you know you know again we didn't know how big we we're going to take it so you know we started getting into jobs small jobs little patios walkways and then you know eventually you know dismantling a set of steps so it's interesting you brought up that cantilever before because the reason the, the way i learned that is because last year we had a job where we we had basically one of those new subdivisions in in milton um where you know you have those builder decks that are like four steps down. oh yeah right and and normally you could if you're just redoing the deck you could you could get away with if you're keeping the same sono tubes there with the concrete you know and it, it all depends you know sort of what kind of neighbors do you have really right yeah. but for something so simple Right. Like, I mean, we were literally just replacing the deck with four natural stone steps on a compacted base. We excavated everything. We gutted the deck, you know, one day and the second day in the morning, inspector shows up and he said someone complained that, you know, you're taking away this deck. So like, where's where's your what are you putting there? I said, we're just putting four natural stone steps. He said, well, you need you need a permit for this because, well, anything over the two, two steps. three steps, you need a minimum three by three landing with. Uh, you know, proper support and yep. foundation and all of that. It's got to be cantilevered and all that. And so I was like, damn, what a, what a blow. Like, what am I going to do? You know, yeah. it's, it's just, you know, who, like, so figure it out. Just tell me the neighbor that spoke up. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> They're going to come build it. No, give them uh, a little talking to. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's the problem is that you were at four steps. So you're basically on the cusp of just going over building exactly. code. Exactly. Yeah. And I, and I didn't know, right? I just, well, because... You know, I see all these people on Instagram, all these contractors on Instagram posting four steps from a backyard. And what did I know about building code? And I'm, like, I'm just sort of getting into this right now. And it, it, it was a good learning lesson because, you know, we ended up just going with a deck instead of steps. It was cheaper to return the material with over with with over, uh, what do you call them? Restocking fees, because to, to have to design, a, you know, a drawing with cantilevered, all this foundation stuff with concrete, it would have ended up costing the client so much more. Yep that we said, you know what, let's just redo the deck. It's a quick drawing. And we made it a super cool deck, actually, with uh, with like a, a, a veneer-facing glass railing client was really happy. So 
it was like uh you know sort of a bad weird situation turned into a really good situation but it was a super good learning lesson and from then on i i said you know what like go by the book do things properly you know and 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 definitely build right and 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 get permits get your get your uh all your certifications make sure that you're doing to code because this is people's safety at risk you know this is uh you know, if people go to resell their home, it's like legal basements, right? Yeah. There's this whole thing going on with people doing illegal basements. And, you know, some people don't care. They want to rent it, quick, get a quick cash. But, you know, it's important to do your due diligence and do things right. So that was, that was a really important How lesson. How was the inspector when he, when he, was he cool? He, he was pretty cool. I okay. mean, he, uh, first time I ever had an inspector and uh, he, you know, he just basically said like, you know, you'll have to apply for drawings and it took two, two months, I think, for, for like a basic oh. deck drawing. Can you imagine? Like, I just, know. So, I mean, but again, it was a good learning experience and that's how we learn in life is, is these little things, you know, that, that, that happen and, and you, you look at it and you can either look at it positively and learn or you could let it set you back and say, hey, I, you know, I hate what I do or why am I doing this? Really good, good, good learning experience. So, you know what I would have done, Alex, if um, I mean, I would have still played by the rules and did everything properly, but I would have made some noise one morning yeah. and just stood by the back fence. <laughs> and waited for the first head to pop out. And I'm like, you're the guy that did this. <laughs> right? I go, busted, man. You're busted yeah. now. Right? And yeah. then I go over there and have a conversation with them and just say, listen, how's mind it your going? Business. No, it's not yeah. mind your business. It's yeah. just like, it's, it's funny how neighbors will do that. Yeah, it's interesting. Either they, and, and, and as contractors, we inherit the dislike that homeowners have with neighbors. So by proxy of association... If we get a job and then that's our client and the neighbor doesn't get along with that person, automatically the neighbor doesn't like us. That's so just true. how it works, right? Exactly. And that's very unfair of any of the neighbors to do that because they don't know who we are. We're not being disrespectful for the site. I'm sure that you had a clean site. You weren't loud. You weren't messy. You weren't vulgar, whatever. You were professional. But yet just by proxy, you they don't like you because they don't like their neighbor. And so they just made the phone call, and there you go. And that's how an inspector gets on there, right? Wrong place, wrong time type of thing, right? And that's I mean, it. You know, again, it, 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 people, I think, should be maybe less, less nosy. You know, yeah. they, they, they shouldn't get involved too much. But in this case, it was like, it was like, it was like a good thing for, for me, to be honest. Well, I mean, know? safety but is, I know what is you're one saying. thing. Like, yeah, uh, but yeah, yeah. You, you guys weren't building something to fall apart exactly. that someone was going to get hurt. And exactly, and that's that's the funny thing is because it wasn't I'm, structural. It, it wasn't. wasn't like I, I would point the finger more at DIYers and homeowners that watch TV shows doing yes. the, the wrong things than I would a contractor doing a wrong thing. And so true. I think you got to balance that. There's a lot of contractors out there that might do the wrong thing, but it's not done by accident. It's done because the client's only giving them X amount of money to do something. So if you're only given X amount of money to do something, then you have to build it a certain way, which is basically just skin of the teeth at the minimum code or just don't take the job or just don't like right? exactly and that's yeah. what, but i mean if you like you said you started a job and you started doing something and then all of a sudden it became something else and it was going to be a question of okay are you consuming that extra cost or are you going back to the client asking them for that extra cost to build the whole deck now yes exactly that's, that was outside of the original scope but now we got a, a city if it, but it all started with your lovely neighbor is all i'm saying right so exactly exactly yeah no it it, again, good experience. I, I would I would definitely uh, learn a lot from that and and pay it forward to anybody anybody that of course. Like, but sure. but who would think right a basic deck a basic deck I mean uh, you know four steps. But everyone everyone <laughs> thinks that a basic deck is just a basic deck. It's really simple. Let's just build it. And that I I've actually hated that 
TV and big box stores, they kind of sell the idea that any monkey can build a deck. Any monkey can build a deck. Exactly. And, uh, and I'm like, mm, decks Maybe are still not. professional, man. Yeah. Decks are still the structure. They're still attached to structure, and they're still taking loads, and they're 100%, still transferring 100%. loads, and you're still ascending and descending, and you're can't like. There's it's so not much a involved. monkey. There's so much no, no, involved. Exactly. The guys on TV and the big box people that don't understand the building code and the structure and engineering, they're the monkeys. They're the monkeys. Exactly. Right? That's, exactly. A, that's what I'm getting at. But yeah, it's interesting. It's, I, I wanted to ask you, Alex, you ever yeah. had in your line of business the Ministry of Labor ever show up or did, they wouldn't have a cause at all for, for them to show up? Ministry of Labor, never, never. What, 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 what would they? I, I don't know. You're, you're applying chemicals. I don't know if there's. Oh, a, like VOC compliance. Yeah, and like all I that don't, kind of I don't know if there's new rules with the can, with Canadian VOCs or something. Uh, so, so v, VOCs just got to be down to to a certain level. So most of the sealers we use are VOC compliant. Okay. So Ministry of Labor, thank God, luckily no, nothing so far. Well, if you're in this business long enough, you're definitely going to I'm sure have something. What, what about yeah. yourself? Like I've what? had them before. Just watch out for the blue hard hats. That's all. Navy blue, blue hard hats. Just be respectful. Be nice. That's all it is. I, I, I guarantee you they'll find something. That's why I was just thinking that you could probably have a pickup truck, have two guys working there. I think, technically speaking, you're supposed to have hard hats. I don't know. I'm for just, landscaping. Yeah. I'm assuming because mm -hmm. technically speaking, anybody that's in trades has to have a hard hat on and safety footwear. Yeah. Right. Oh, safety footwear. hundred percent. Yeah. yeah. So I guess, I guess that makes sense. Right. Like their whole thing is safety. But and you're applying sealers on a ground level surface. Exactly. So could, please explain to me the hard hat. That's, that's and if Carlito it. was here, he'd probably have some justification for the hard hat. Right. But I don't <laughs> agree with it. It doesn't make in your line of business. It doesn't make any sense to me. Unless uh, someone's throwing a paver or someone's throwing something like that, that makes no At sense. That neighbor that complained. Yeah, probably, but <laughs> I, I I don't know because there. I mean, I haven't d dived deep into the green book and try to figure out health and safety with the Ministry of Labor, and I haven't. I don't know anything. I don't. I don't know everything there, but I'm sure that there's probably some ridiculous rules in there that apply to your trade, because you're on a, a, a ground surface, man. And I bet you pretty much you got to have a hard hat. I bet I, I would look into it. And I'm definitely going to look into that. I'm and I mean, I mean, I'm, all, I'm always now, now that we're, we've grown up to that significant level, we're always looking at safety practices and, and proper training procedures and standard operating procedures. For sure. Safety is number one. And you see lots of accidents and things like that uh, that could be avoided if guys just went by the books yeah. and, and, and looked up all these things. And so... That's important. I'm glad. I'm glad you brought that up. Um, I don't know because yeah. I guess the bigger that you get, the more eyes get on you. More liability, more risk. Or, yeah, exactly. more risk and things like that. So you just got to figure it out. 100%. And all all it takes is one neighbor to go. Oh, look, they're using chemicals. Where yeah. are they? Yeah, Where's that chemical? Masks is, or whatever. Yeah, they're not wearing masks or whatever. The neighbors aren't like I don't know. It's just I, I'm sure that there's some ridiculous rules out there that are probably there's applicable. Gotta be. There's definitely got to be. So as long as you educate yourself and then you're prepared, so then if and when they ever do show up you can kind of have a conversation with them instead of just kind of be a deer in the head like, oh, I had no idea, I had no idea. But I'm pretty sure that there's something attached to it because they're attached to everything. Yeah, they're, and they're, technically speaking, if it's new construction, it's still a job site. So it's not somebody's home. So then they have authorization to be on there, Yeah, which yep. means that they can enforce whatever stupid rules that are attached to whatever those bylaws that are attached to it, right? Very important. Yeah, it's kind of like MTO, right? Like, yep. you know... Once, once they pull you over, if they suspect something wrong, they're going to be looking at everything. Yeah. 
they're going to check your whole truck. They're going to weigh you. And, you know, instead of giving you one ticket, they'll give you five because yeah. there's, you know, that whole thing there. Luckily, you know, knock wood, we haven't got pulled over yet by MTO, but we like to keep everything properly certified. You know, we get our yellow stickers for all our vans. For sure. You know, and uh, this year we're going to be towing heavy. So we're going to be getting a CVOR, which is really important as well. So always trying to be by the books is important. Cool. Yeah. It was a, it was a really good time. Thanks for having me. No, not a problem at all, man. I know that you're a busy guy, especially in the winter months. And <laughs> you got to stay busy in this industry. You got to hustle. You're yep. still young, right? So I get, what are you planning on? Just keep on, just keep on going and building and getting crews. Where, where are you finding all your guys? Is it hard to find the guys? It's, it's definitely become harder over the years. I mean, it's always sort of been, been tricky. We, we like to sort of recruit on, on different platforms, mainly Indeed. Uh, Instagram, we do a lot of marketing there. You get a lot of success through Indeed. In, Indeed's been it been definitely better than Kijiji. Kijiji, you know, it's it's hit or miss. You get a lot of guys that just want a quick one week, get their paycheck, blow it on booze, and and they're gone. <laughs> so you know, we've really we've really started focusing this year on providing more than just a job, but trying to provide a career, an opportunity where people can learn, advance, and you know, really be part of that journey. And so Indeed's been good because you're able to pre-qualify, you know, they have to submit that resume. So, you know, there's that process that systematizes for you and makes it easier to, 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 to make quality hires. So, so that's been pretty good. And, you know, sometimes we'll get, you know, relatives and friends of, of current employees and things like that. And, you know, it's nice that we're, we're not on a, like a huge scale where, you know, we have like 5, 10, 20 crews and you know, at that point, I'm, I'm going to be partnering with that government. I think that government program that has like the migrant workers that you can bring in, which a lot of companies are doing that now. Okay. You know, the bigger companies are bringing in like, you know, guys from overseas down south. You Did know, they? I thought they put a block on that during the whole pandemic, Bull. I, I don't know. No, I don't it's know. It's still going the, on? I don't know. But I, I've seen a lot of companies uh, that, that have been doing that. And, okay. and I'm sure they're going legit. Like there's a, f- a few actually on Instagram that you'll, you'll see. And I've talked to them. They, you know, they, they've done that program, which... I think is is great that, that the government has that, but the the qualifications like you, you got to be obviously much bigger. You got to show yeah. that you're, you know, extremely sustainable and you know there's huge growth. We're not at that level yet. Hopefully one day we will. Yeah. For now, that's that's been doing the trick. Um, I mean, you know, it's 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 hard to find good talent, but like like I said, going back to what we're trying to achieve when we hire is, someone could come in with zero skills, and build their way up and create a career, you know, have. An opportunity where they can really make something of themselves. So we provide all the training in house, from from the ground up, basically. Like like, you know, you don't have to be experienced to join our team. We'll completely train you. Yeah. Um. And I guess this is a good time to say we're we're hiring. Uh. If anyone. So you're needs still a job. hiring, right? Yeah. Yeah. We're still wow. hiring. I mean, I you're mean, you planning a very busy year. I guess once the winter's it's gonna done, it's going to be pretty busy. It's yeah, going to be busy. Gonna be pretty huh? busy. I mean, yeah. um. Yeah, we're going to start ramping up probably in in like mid March, April there. Wow. And uh, yeah, it's it's going to be crazy. So I got to ask you, Alex. I mean, like you're the only one that got into construction so your, your your dad's not in construction nobody's in your family that's in construction nobody yeah. so you got into it but why did you choose it i, I I've, I've always sort of the, the had a passion for for business i you know i can i can look back when i was young probably 13 14 15 i uh you know was was doing everything from like you know assembling computers it's kind of like a, a, a little bit of a geek here and there so you know with buddies we would like learn how to assemble computers and i remember you know the thought came to my head well how, how can i make how can I make the, the the most of this? So so I, I like assembled computers and sold them for like a hundred bucks profit type of thing. So I, I had that business mind, and I think um, with construction, 
once 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 I got into ceiling because I didn't get into construction right away. I wouldn't think you can consider ceiling and paver restoration construction. That'd be more like a service, more yeah. like a yeah. uh, kind of like a, one of those types of, of businesses. But then when we got into hardscape and construction, in the beginning, we I, I saw that passion for like I, I always had this fascination with stones and pavers and you know once I was getting into the driveway ceiling and all this and then and I was like you know interlock. There's something about like driveways and installing pavers. It just blew my mind. There was like I was because the creative mind being in music and you know assembling stuff and that kind of thing. So I just I, there's there something so intriguing about it. And you know, and then I met a couple people like local f- fellow contractors and friends, and you know, started learning the trade. And I was like, there's something about this that drives me. I love it. You know, yeah. it's just it's like y- you're putting together something with your creativity from with your own bare hands, and and you're you're able to transform that into you know, a beautiful product. And, and that that's what gives you the passion, the drive, is being able to create these spaces. And, and when you see that smile on the client's face and you feel proud that you achieved it. I mean, we all got to earn, earn a living. Of course. But at, at the end of the day, you know, the passion is, is always there because you, you love what you do. I'm hoping that you're not stopping the music. Are you still doing the music on the side? Very good question. I mean, I haven't, I haven't touched the keys in, in years, like since I graduated school, which was 2017. I've always um, had a respect for artists. Like I've always had a huge respect for anybody that creates artistically. I got I got plenty of friends that are from the film and TV business, and they got into painting. And I got other friends that got into music. Music, and they're not professionals; they're struggling. But even my accountant, who's a very good high school friend of mine, I've known him since I was sixteen. He recently got into learning how to play piano, and I had a lot of respect when he first told me that he did that. Right, mm-hmm. and then he was practicing and practicing and practicing and then i always ask him i want to hear something like i'm curious about it right and uh and he's like i'm not ready yet i'm still learning i'm still learning and then finally he he goes okay i'm ready and then he did it over the phone and all of a sudden i started listening to it and it wasn't like perfect trust me it was miles away from being from from perfection but he does it because it's such a therapeutic thing for him Agreed. He does every day the bookkeeping and the accounting and he's dealing with the CRA and he's like that cubicle world and he's got clients and all this other stuff. And he looks towards that music, even though he comes home. Exactly. And he comes home and if it's a half hour, 45 minutes. And when I first heard him for the very first time, he let me hear it. I was extremely proud of him. I was like, dude, it's like, that's amazing. Like, I mean... I know music and I can listen to music and I've been to concerts and I know professionals, but I, when I listened to him for the first time, I put him on that same pedestal because he's passionate about it. And he was like, really, he just, it adds to my life. So that's why anybody that tells me about music or if they're writing or if they're a painter, if they're anything like that, and they're still in construction, I have a huge amount of respect for that. Thank you, man. Thank you. I totally do. Yeah. I mean, to answer your question, yeah, m- music music definitely has the power to move your soul, and I think the reason why artists do it is because they're able to escape from that every day, like you said, that 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 grind, that hustle. That I, I was always into it in terms of you know creating, and and I had that creative side, and I loved it. You know, I, I grew up playing classical, but you know, in school we would you know experiment with like jazz, and mm-hmm. you know, I had I had a buddy that that still now is a producer, and you know, we would produce lots of music, so. Would I go back to it? Hundred percent, right? And and that's what I'm, my. Main, I think it's going to call to you. It's going to come back. Yeah, it's going to yeah. come back because, 
you know, growing the business last few years has consumed pretty much all course, my time. Of course. So I had to abandon that personal life for a little bit. But then as you grow, you realize that it can't just all be work. It has to be a little yeah. bit of play there too. Yeah. You know, and the fact that it's there, like like now, it's like it's like riding a bike. If I go back, even having touched the keys in five years, it's natural. It's there. It's engraved. It's yeah. like it's like it's like any skill that you learn: construction, yeah. music, uh, you know, sport. It's there. It's there for life. So, yeah, I I I definitely There's plan nice to balance. go back. There's a nice balance exactly, to that. Exactly, and it's an extraordinary thing. Even even I think like like parents putting their kids in music is a huge thing. I owe my my, my parents a lot of credit for that because even though that wasn't the career path that I chose. I, I can accredit that being just me studying music for all those years, you know, as being basically a result of, of, of why I was I'm so, so successful yeah. now. Basically, yeah. it brought me to where I'm. Why? Because of all the discipline. Music music installs discipline. Huge amount of uh, discipline. Hard work. It, yes. it, it, right? And, and because it gives it, that creative side is going and everything. Is, so I think any, anybody that's, that's looking to you know, for something different to progress or even parents looking to get their kids into music is, is really a good thing. And, and don't, don't be fooled because you're in construction or you're in maintenance or you're a tradesperson or whatever. It's relevant, man. Like, I love it. Yeah. Like yeah. being creative and being a musician or being an artist of some it sort, all goes hand in hand. it's relevant to construction. The way Super you'll cool. have more passion for construction. If you have that as a, as a, as a side, as a, as a, like a therapeutic kind of uh, extra thing that you do in your life, it's really going to be relevant to your business life. I think it's actually going to make you a better business person. Exactly. I, I no, that's I, that, that, me, that, yeah. that's, I super agree with that. That's, yeah. that's an interesting point you made. Because I feel like, you know, there's always going to be a plateau and no matter what you do. Yep. You're working out, you're trying to achieve goals, you know, either it's in your health, in your business. You can't just keep going up. You're going to reach that level where... You know, you, you need you need some kind of break. You've you got need, to you, the point where I've done what I can. Yeah. I've like given with, what with, I can. Yeah. And now I want to take my passion elsewhere and I want to go someplace else. Explore and you have avenue. the right to do that. You totally yeah. have the right to do that. So it's just you should be juggling as many as I you possibly it. can. Yeah. And it's it's interesting that you mentioned that a lot. A lot of my, my, my good friends and, and buddies have been telling me, like, like, don't leave the music. You, no. you got to go back. Like, no. it's something that's in you. Like, why are you going to get rid of yeah. that? And. It started opening my mind a little bit more more recently. Like 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 it's definitely something I need to start getting back into because once I get in it, I love it. Like I've I've had some some good recordings. Maybe I'll, you know I'll share those with with oh, you. And please, one man. of these days, yeah, I'll yeah. send you some recordings. Please. And, uh, I just recently I, I just recently rewatched and and this will get my age going on because I always joke about. The kids in construction today will send me a track of an artist today and I just dismiss it and then <laughs> and then I'll stay on there and I'll be like searching for stuff and I'll send them prints and I'll send them all kinds of old school stuff and I'm like, do you want to know music? Do you want to understand music? You got to understand artists from a certain era and what they did and how they didn't have any sampling or they didn't have an autotune. They didn't have yep. any of this stuff, right? And I understand the music of today. I just don't appreciate it because I don't think the skill set is there nowhere near it was in the past the skill is only in the producer exactly not the artist. and so now all of a sudden you're you're paying attention to whoever wrote the lyric that's going to be catchy for a commercial break yeah. or wherever the producer who actually made the riff or whatever exactly. and exactly. then you're just the, the pretty face that's in front of it or the handsome face right yeah, yeah. I, I i just recently re-watched again fame i don't know if you ever watched fame that movie 1981 and and it's like that's a, a fair representation of the struggles of an artist at a certain age and what they go through. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I mean, it's just, it's a very powerful film. It's not for everybody because it's, it's a hundred percent artistic, 
but it's set in New York and it's set at the Performing Arts School in New York, right? And you've got actors and um, musicians of all kinds, and then you've got uh, all kinds of artists that are in there and what they go through, what they understand. It's you important. know, and, and kind of similar to to construction guys, right? Like another similar movie to fame is uh, Whiplash. I don't know if you've seen oh, that I one love, with, the, dude, with the drummer. Yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, yeah. Like that, that's a movie that's refreshing. Yes. Because I know what's going on, and yeah, and that yeah. whole intensity and and pushing and him getting and. Yeah. Like it, if anybody hasn't seen it, you should watch you it. You should definitely, right? Yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a great film, and there's a whole great story behind making the film and things like that. So then, super cool. I, I, I'm I'm hugely into the art side of things, and I pay attention I to it. certain things and how it goes. And there's little tidbits. If you watch Godfather, yeah. there's a scene in there yeah. where uh, one of the one of the hitmen, one of the guys in the family, there's teaching Michael Corleone how to make meatballs and spaghetti sauce. And the reason that scene was even done is because Francis Ford Coppola felt if the movie was a failure, at least people would learn how to make spaghetti and meatballs. <laughs> and I'm like, it's true because he's so showing true. them like how it should how do, it, do it, right? Yeah. But it, but the there's thing always is, that hidden message. But right? it went it went with the Italian family. It I went it. with the culture. It went with the America. We can be successful. It went with that whole. And that's why Super I love cool. that. So when I see a new film, because Whiplash is four or five years old. Yeah, I, I, I see a, a brand older, new yeah. film like that, and yeah. I, I see that resurgence. So it's just like I see that in, in tradespeople. When people are on job sites, I see people that are connected creatively to something else. They bring it to the workforce, and then they're that much more invested in the workforce. And then they're going to be the tradesperson that will not just easily walk away and just yeah. leave a bad job. They're going to give they're, it their all. Even exactly. if they lose a little bit of money, exactly. you know you're going to get quality exactly. from them because they're putting their whole creative side into it. Rather so than all, just all you young money. parents out there right now with kids, throw your kids into or let them. I know that first and foremost, you want to throw them into sports and athletics and you're looking for the next so-and-so and whatever. Yeah, yeah. But you never know. The, the, your child might be musically inclined and they may want to learn an instrument or they may want to perform arts or they want to may, do, may want to do something right or whatever it is, right? Exactly. So give them that opportunity. But again, I'm not a parent, so I can't speak on parenting. But I mean, it's just that's why it's fascinating that you brought that up. And I, I tell you right now, it's going to still call to you, man. It will. 100%, right? And I, I think even in, like during a time like COVID, right? When the whole world's oh, upside down sure. and, and, you know, you look at all these cases of mental health and they're talking about, you know, how the world's just basically almost going to an end, if you will, right? But, like, how, how do you find an escape from all that, right? Like, so I think I think music is a great outlet, whether you listen to it, whether you play it, whether you... Create it. Create it, exactly. Yeah. Um, it's 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 a great, a great, great tool and a great um, avenue for, for anybody, kids, adults even. A lot of adult, adults are, are starting to go back. Like, like I think you were talking yeah. about how one of your friends was. Yeah. Was uh, he's uh, in learning his, it. He's in his mid fifties, and he and he just picked it up recently, and there he's just learning it. Yeah. And yeah. and I'm proud of the guy for doing it, right? Yeah. But yeah, it's also exactly. it puts him at a at a certain state. He actually appreciates what he what it does for him, health and mental wise. Exactly. It does, exactly. Right? So, no, it, it it has the power to do that. To yeah. Just put your mind at ease and escape is yeah. is what we talked about, right? Yeah. So. Yeah. I love all it, right. man. Alex, it's been great chatting with you. We got Likewise, one last segment. Many. Thank you so much, man. No, no problem at all, man. I appreciate you coming on the show, dude. And, and sorry that me. you couldn't meet Carlito here, but he'll eventually he'll all eventually make this a full time gig if he can. I don't know if he's got the responsibility for it. <laughs> uh, Seal it is the company www.sealitpropertyservices.com, and it's on Instagram at Seal It for You. The number four and the letter U. The twelve questions of construction. You ready for this? Let's do it. What is your favorite construction word? Seal. <laughs> your least favorite construction word? 
let me think here. Least favorite construction word. Deck. Deck? Hate decks. Like Paver King. You follow Paver King? That guy on no. Instagram? No. Okay. So he's got this whole thing. Uh, he's, you know, basically, he's a hardscape guy. He does all like... He just doesn't like wood? And and just because, because you know, when you're selling a, a hardscape job, it's it's between a deck and a, and a, and a paver patio. Of course. So, so he made this whole like meme like... like screw decks like f decks right like <laughs> like and then and then it was going viral right like among the whole hardscape community because okay. us hardscapers we, we don't install decks right yeah. we, we dismantle them how and, do and the get rid deck of them. guys treat it though oh well so he was calling all those big guys out like premium outdoor in the states and all these big deck guys and you know they just they, they had this whole thing going on back and forth it was a funny <laughs> gig right but anyway that's funny <laughs> yeah what turns you on in construction Perfect, uh, perfectly slid pavers. After you've cut a paver and it perfectly slides into place, that's also from Paver King, actually. So shout out to him. What turns you off in construction? I would say bad, just bad workmanship. If you're if you're if you're getting to a job and, and you see a previous contractor, big cringes. No. Yeah, cringes. Yeah, like, like why would you do that, right? What is your favorite curse word? Curse word. You all don't have to swear. All, all of them. All of them. All of them. All of them. Every single no one. No favorite one. Well, the F word <laughs> is the best one. <laughs> what is your favorite vehicle? Could be anything in the world. I love my trucks, man. I yeah? love my trucks. They're so versatile. What are I you mean, driving there? Ford? Just Ford. Yeah. Yeah, actually, I got the, uh, the, the, the new one is the hybrid. So it's a power boost. Okay. They call it the power boost. So it's hybrid. Uh, you get about 12 liters in, uh, per 100. For a pickup, that's amazing. Normally, wow. the, the V8s give you like... 17, 18, 19. So for, for a hybrid, for a pickup, I think it's the first hybrid pickup. Uh, you know, I just got it in, uh, in the, the winter there. Okay. Beginning of winter, it was, it was, it's been good. Good on gas. And, but yeah, I love trucks. What is your least favorite vehicle? I hate the, the smart, car, smart cars. Are, are smart cars. Uh, they, they, don't have, they shouldn't be on the road. No, they shouldn't exist. Yeah. Uh, what, is your, uh, what construction sound or noise do you love? I love the sound of the concrete saw going. That, that, that tells us there's work being done machines like bobcats you know that that whole just just you know there's work being done you know what sound or noise do you hate screeching you know uh grinding grinding yeah something like that (laughs) what profession other than your own would you like to attempt one day alex music i mean yeah i mean i mean if i if i were ever to go back and and i could be a performer and i could be even like a like i i taught for a bit as well and uh yeah, like I, if I were to go back, another nice. profession, yeah, music. What profession would you not like to do? I, I would never be uh, like a cleaner or like, I'm always going to be in construction. I know that. It's a hard question. I mean, like what? The I, if, I had, if I had to, 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 to feed, feed my family and, and put bread on the table, I would do anything. Of course, anything. Not anything, but you get, you get the point. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, last question. If heaven exists, what would you like to hear God say when you arrive at the pearly gates? Welcome. <laughs> that's generally the consensus. <laughs> I mean, that's that, that, that's what you want to kind of hear when you get there. Uh, totally fine. But uh, cool. <laughs> Alex, thanks again so much. Really appreciate you being on the show, man. Taking Thank the time to come out and chat with us about sealers. And everybody, please Thank check you. it out again. Seal it. It's www.sealitpropertyservices.com. And on Instagram, it's seal it for you. The number four and the letter U. Thank you so much for having me, Manny. No problem really at all. Thanks, man. Thank you so much. And uh, we're out of here until the next show. Awesome.